Second Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. This is what Peter the Apostle recorded. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Interesting statement. Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. So, Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit here, powerfully anointing our hearts, drawing us to Jesus. Thank you. He will guide us into all truth. So tonight, today, rather, we confess our need and our hunger for truth. Grant us revelation by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but not just for information, but for transformation. Transform our hearts, our thoughts, and our ways, and help us to cooperate with what you're nudging us to start doing to make those changes. We thank you for your help right now in the matchless name of Jesus and every powerful, very powerful truth. We've been speaking about the end of days questions. And how many know we're living in very chaotic days, perilous days, and literally scriptures being fulfilled as we look around the world and watch the reports that are coming in. So we continue to pray for those who serve us everywhere in the world today. It's a very dangerous day. And of course, we question, what happens next? What's going to happen next? I've spoken about the question, how can a loving God send anyone to hell in this series? And that's one of those questions that people ask in a way to try to make it like we have a God who's mean. And I answered that biblically. People make a choice. If they end up in hell, they made a choice to do so. <clears throat> heaven, what's heaven like? What's that going to be? What, what kind of experience are we going to have there? And then we talked specifically about the place called hell and what Jesus himself said about hell. Why? Because there are people preaching today that there is no literal hell. Well, they got a little problem they're going to have with Jesus one day because he said there is. And uh, I'll trust his word before I trust anyone else. Amen? So today I want to speak about a tough day just ahead, a tough day. So I give you that text. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of what? Judgment. Second hmm. Peter 3, but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Matthew, Jesus speaking, he said, I say to you, that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Ooh. In Hebrews 9, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So is there a judgment day coming? Absolutely. Will everyone be judged? Yes. Will believers be judged? Yes. Will unbelievers be judged? Yes. But will we be judged by grace or works? Watch this. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying salvation comes by grace and works. No. There's a believer's judgment and there's an unbeliever's judgment. But every human being from when time began will face judgment. Every human being. 
a believer's judgment, an unbeliever's judgment. And in both judgments, works are being judged. Works. So let's look at this. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Say every work. Including every secret thing. You can groan now if you'd like. Every secret thing. Every, not a few, every secret thing. Revelation 20, the sea gave up her dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Everyone, even the ones in hell. Say, each one. Notice, each is judged according to his works. 1 Peter 1. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Matthew 16. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Now take, take a minute, look at that. Okay? The Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father, like transfigured, in full glory with his holy angels. And then he will reward each according to his works. Revelation 22, and behold, Jesus said, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So you and I are an each. We are every. And God will reward each and every one and judge each and every person according to his works. But are we saved by works? No, not at all. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So salvation is not of works. Nothing I can do to get myself in right relationship to the Lord. I can't fix my sin. So say that. Salvation is not of works. So how do we explain this? How do we explain that we are saved by grace, but we are judged by works? So let me give you a simple way to understand this doctrinal issue. There are two words I'm going to give you, and we have to learn to distinguish between our belief and behavior. Belief and behavior. Our belief determines where we spend eternity. Okay? Our behavior determines how we spend eternity. In heaven, we will be rewarded for our works. In hell, people will be punished for their works. So where you end up in eternity is completely dependent on your beliefs, whether you have received Jesus Christ as Savior or not. The Word is very clear about that issue. That's the only way that you get in right relationship with God, your name gets in the book of life, and you enter heaven. Belief. By grace, through faith, you are saved. Now, there are two judgments after we deal with the issue of belief. There are two judgments. The judgment seat of Christ, the great white throne judgment. Those are two separate judgments. At the judgment seat of Christ, every person present will be a believer. This judgment is for believers, for people who have received Jesus as their Savior. At the great white throne judgment... Every person present at that judgment will have been an unbeliever. 
They refused the grace of Jesus. That's why so many don't comprehend this at all. Why is there a judgment if every person at the great white throne is going to go to hell? Why is there a judgment? Why would you have a judgment if every person who is present at the judgment seat of Christ is going to go to heaven? Why, why is there a judgment for that? The reason, these judgments are not to determine your belief. Your belief was already determined, and that, that, that determines which judgment you will attend. So at each judgment, your behavior will be evaluated. So listen to me. It matters how you live. Those people running around preaching today just get, you know, get saved and you go to heaven and live any way you want. You can choose, you know, live the way you choose, do the things you want to do. It matters how you live. The life you have has come at great cost to God and he will judge you for how you used it. According to the word, if you believe, it will alter your behavior. If I'm a follower of Jesus, it has an impact on the way I live. God's grace and mercy gives us the desire and the power to want to serve the Lord. So there are these two judgments. Remember, we are not saved by works, but works determine how we will spend eternity. That's why those who understand grace get bothered by those who think salvation comes by works. Why some who believe behavior matters are bothered by those who speak only of grace, just get saved and don't worry about how you live. But the the two are married in the word of God. So number one, there's the judgment seat of Christ. And this next text is written to the church. For we must all, speaking to believers, appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So in other words, no exceptions. Every believer is going to stand face to face with Jesus. Romans 14, but why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all, say all, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Let me give you the backstory on on what happens with the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians was actually the second letter written to the Corinthian church because 2 Corinthians became the third letter actually written to the Corinthian church. We do not possess the first letter that was written to the Corinthian church. He wrote, Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthian church, which we don't have. Some, it's gone. For whatever reason, the Holy Spirit did not allow it to remain. The church wrote a letter back to Paul after that very first letter we don't have a copy of, was sent to them. They responded to Paul. And then 1 Corinthians is actually Paul's response to their letter back to him. And Paul begins five chapters of 1 Corinthians with these words, now concerning. He's referring to the issues that they had written to him about, questions that they had. So we know Paul wrote a letter before 1 Corinthians. Because Paul is saying in in this passage in 1 Corinthians, in my earlier letter, again, we don't have a copy of it, but he said in my earlier letter, so we don't know exactly what he said in that earlier letter, but we do know he wrote one before 1 Corinthians. And Paul is doing a lot of straightening out in his writings to the church. He's trying to correct some of their thinking and their behavior 
And, and, and in the third chapter of 1 Corinthians, he's straightening out the fact that these folk are divisive and they're arguing about who led them to Jesus and who was better at doing that. Some have been led to the Lord by Paul. Some later have been led to the, Paul, led to the Lord by Apollos. And Paul is saying to them, stop it. Stop dividing because we're going to stand before Christ, not Paul not Apollos, we're going to stand before Jesus. And then he says this, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So it's Christ. So we lay layers on it, but it's Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, let each one's work will become clear for the day, that's judgment day, will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved yet so by fire, as, as through fire. Now, this is written to the believer. And notice a few things. You can be a believer building with wood, hay, and straw. You can be a believer and build with gold, silver, and precious stones. You can be a believer doing works that will last forever, eternally, and you will be rewarded for them. But you can also be a believer doing temporal stuff, and there is no reward for it. In fact, you can do something that is eternal in value, but because of why you did it, you still lose the reward for it. So I'm not speaking about whether you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. Jesus said you could lose the reward that I would love to give you for a good work, if your heart and motives are not right. You've read this before, but perhaps not tied it in. But let Jesus tie this all in. He said, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Now we're going to help somebody in the body. Don't you make a big show out of this. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself, himself reward you openly. Notice, you can do something good and actually lose the reward for it because of the way you've done it. But the Father himself will be passing out rewards. Did you know the Father will pass rewards out to you personally? Think about that. That's what Jesus says. Innumerable people in heaven. And you know, you kind of wonder, how's that going to work? And you know, does he just stand up and say, you all did good. And someone yells from way back and asks, what did he say? We need more wood. No, that's not what he says. No, no, that's not the way he's going to do it. That's not the way the rewards will be passed out. Not only will the Father reward you personally, watch this, 
you get a face-to-face meeting with the Father. He will personally, Jesus said, reward you. That's why I want to be a good and faithful servant. Watch what John says to believers. And now little children abide in him that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Why will some believers be ashamed at the judgment seat of Christ? Why? If people are going to feel bad in heaven, yep, at that point they will. There will be a shame at the judgment seat of Christ because they wasted their lives, wasted their gifts. They believed in Jesus but did not serve him, did not love him enough to honor his church. Listen, they didn't give their abilities to the kingdom of God. They very rarely ever did anything to make a difference. Now, it's all over, and they will not receive many rewards. And you're not going to applaud yourself when that happens. Go, yay. No. Because the tears don't get wiped away till way later in the book of Revelation. Did you know heaven is made up of cities? The heavenlies are made up of cities all over God's creation. In Luke 19... God will say to one steward, you be ruler over 10 cities. That's a reward. God will assign responsibilities in heaven. Jesus told us to store up treasures for yourselves in heaven. You'll have access to those accounts while you're in heaven. And and listen, you will not just be floating around on a cloud saying, hi, glad you made it. Eternity will be a perfect earth and a perfect heaven with no sin and no sorrow. We'll be living out our eternal lives, serving God with the giftings he's created in us. We will be assigned specific responsibilities in heaven that are in keeping with God's purpose for us when he made us. It all depends on how I handled my responsibility here on earth in serving his church. Do you realize in heaven, innumerable cities, you can't count them, and entire areas of the heavenlies that God will set governors over and he'll set mayors over. Wow, those are great rewards for people who were faithful servants of God. Now, it's like, you know, during practice for a game and the coach has called everybody together and you're getting ready for a new season and you go through your practices and your fundamentals and you show your coach little hunger, really no, more, no effort, very little enthusiasm. You just show up. But later in the season, as the season concludes and games have been won and you've reached a certain level of success, he starts, the coach starts passing out trophies and many begin to receive honor for their great service. But you're standing there. You're still a part of the team, but you've got no trophy given to you. You think, had I known you were going to give out rewards, I wouldn't have goofed off. And I wouldn't have copped an attitude, but I would have got on the team and done my part. See, there will be those with little or no reward. I wonder how many believers will make it to heaven and not have many rewards, not given much responsibility. So there are degrees of heaven and reward in heaven, and there are degrees of reward in hell. Let me ask you something. Will the person who's a believer has come to know Jesus, refuses to ever learn to tithe, never shows up at a prayer meeting, 
never volunteers to assist in a project, doesn't give generously when they can do so above their tithe, hasn't won one person to Jesus, rarely cares ever about being in church, will that person receive the same reward as the one who gives sacrificially, spends time volunteering, blesses those in needs, gives generously, assists in projects, can't wait to be in church, wins people to Jesus? No, is the answer. They will not receive the same reward. God will recompense every person, believers and unbelievers, according to their works. Wow. So the person who gives his or her life to the kingdom, who sows and serves, who loves and ministers, will receive great rewards. Those are the words of Jesus. And the ones who didn't are not going to receive any reward. In fact, he goes on to specify another category of people who receive great rewards. At the end of his Sermon on the Mount, he looks out over the followers, and he knows what's in their hearts. There's going to be a price to pay for this. Your commitment to me will cost you. It's going to mean you're going to be sacrificing, and you're going to be living for the kingdom because it's eternal and not just for the here and now. So he says to those people, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. They did the very same thing to the prophets who came before you. And what are you supposed to do when that happens? Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. Number two, the great white throne judgment. Why do we call it the great white throne? Because it says this in Revelation. Then I saw a great white throne. And him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. That's a powerful place. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books, plural, were opened. And another book, singular, was opened, which is the book of life. Now watch. This is a great example of belief and behavior. If you believe your name is in the book, singular. But in the books are all our works. They're all recorded, whether believers or unbelievers. The books are the recordings of all the works we've done. I want you to comprehend this. In this high-tech civilization we live in, Long before we ever figured out some stuff that God already put into the universe and wired it that way, from the very first person he created all the way to the last person who ever lives and breathes on earth, he will have the entire story of their life before him. Everything. Revelation 20, and another book was opened, singular, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. So when you get arrested, they book you. Right? You get booked. Goes in the book. It's in his books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. The death and Hades lifted up the dead that were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. So, will the person who doesn't give, tithe, sacrifice, assist, love the church that Jesus gave his life for, 
Will they receive the same reward as the person, listen, who doesn't sacrifice, who rarely loves, who hardly ever gives, refuses to assist, doesn't win anybody to the Lord? You think there's going to be comparative reward? No. We will be rewarded for our good works. Are you listening? person who does not want to serve, who does not want to give, who does not want to help, who does not want to do anything except, I don't want to go to hell. Well, you get to heaven, but you're going to get nothing for a reward. Zero. Wow. Well, an unbeliever who will not give his life to Jesus, person refuses Jesus, the message of the gospel is preached, time and again that person has heard the message, and they refuse. I will not give my life to the Lord. I live a good life. Just leave me alone with this spiritual stuff, okay? But stubbornly refuses to surrender to Jesus in faith, yet provides for his family, is a good dad, but refuses the offer of salvation, says, no, I'm not going to receive Jesus. Will he receive the same level of punishment as the murderer or the rapist? No, it'll be a different level of punishment. There are degrees of punishment, and I'm going to show it to you in the Word of God. A good person, but never surrenders his or her life to Jesus, still going to go to hell because they refused the offer of salvation. They made a conscious choice to say, no, I don't want it. But their standing at the white throne judgment will be Osama bin Laden, Adolf Hitler, hmm? Saddam Hussein, Leadership of ISIS, people who have slaughtered hundreds of thousands, in some cases millions of people, they will be recompensed for their deeds, their works. They will receive punishment according to their works. A person who's never done anything that severe. Listen, levels of hell, punishment in those levels of hell varies, and I don't even want to know what it's like at the bottom of that pit for those who fall into that category. So here are the words of Jesus. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you, that's the works Jesus did, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I'm saying to you, it will be more tolerable or lenient for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven will be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. In other words, they would have repented and still been around. But I say to you, they'll be more tolerable or lenient for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. So what's Jesus saying here? This is amazing. Do you know what mighty works were done in Chorazim and Bethsaida and Capernaum? Jesus himself was in those cities performing miracles, preaching the gospel, and they rejected him. And he said, if I had gone to Sodom, they would have repented. And God knows the hearts of people. And Jesus is searching the hearts of the people of those cities as he searched the hearts of the people of Sodom. This is Jesus speaking. Sodom would have remained until this day. We would not have destroyed Sodom. They would have repented. He said, it will be more tolerable in the day of judgment for Sodom than it will be for you. Whoa. Oh, Jesus is speaking of degrees of punishment. And he says to believers, store up treasures for yourselves. 
then it's probable that unbelievers are storing up judgment for themselves. Recall, I had you look in the book of Romans chapter 1, when I first began this, this series, and how God reveals himself to every person. God has made himself known to the heart of every human being. And then God says, but you rejected me. Then God tells the consequences. And he goes into chapter 2. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So God is keeping record and score of how often you have rejected him and hardened yourself to him and done things out of, out of, out of disobedience to his, to his work. God is speaking there of unbelievers. So again, each of them is going to have an account. Just like believers are going to have an account in heaven. And he said, do you know what you're doing? You're storing it up as well. But what you're storing up is wrath. You're putting it in the bank and it will pay you its dividend. Now you look at all the attributes of God, the character of God. Yeah, God is love. Thank you, Lord. God is mercy. God is grace. God is omniscient. God is omnipotent. But God is just. And as a just God, he's going to judge each and every person one day. And believers will be rewarded and unbelievers will be punished for their works while alive on earth. So I've said this before, and I'll say it again. This is heavy stuff. This is heavy stuff. Because there are some who teach in pulpits today, you know, that God's grace covers it all. Don't worry. You don't have to do anything. Just kind of kick back and go by your feelings. Do whatever you want to do. Because you're going to go to heaven. Yeah, you're going to go to heaven. You gave your life to Jesus, you're going to go to heaven. But you're not going to get the same reward as the person who decided to use this very short window we have in time. Number your days, folks. None of us is going to live forever here. And don't wake up one day and realize my whole life I should have been serving God and I've been doing nothing but satisfying what I wanted to do. You can't get that time back. It's over like a vapor. Poof. Okay. I feel like a doctor giving you a report. <laughs> you have a disease and you're going to die from it. But if you take the cure, listen, the good news is we have a cure. There's a cure. So I'm not trying to scare you today. I'm trying to tell you this is the future. That's what God's word says is the eternal future for all of us. When we, when, we, when we finally get to our residence in heaven, where before we get there, we will either face the judgment seat of Christ, if we're going to go to hell, the great white throne judgment. I'm telling you, this is the future. But there's a cure. Amen? There's a cure. And as there are degrees of stricter judgment for unbelievers, there are stricter judgments for believers as well. 
I stand as one who will receive a stricter judgment. James says it this way, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Sign-ups begin after service for those of you who'd like my job. Stricter. So as I mentioned that you would act differently if you knew there would be awards given for excellent team play because the players that get on board and play on the team are going to get greater rewards. Believers will be rewarded for their excellency of play. Unbelievers will be recompensed. My earthly father would mete out to me punishment depending on the severity of my violation. And he acted like my heavenly father in many, many ways. If I was repentant, I got forgiven. If I got to him and told him what I did before he found out what I did and repented, there was great mercy. If I did something and then I tried to hide it and then denied it when he asked me, there'd be two levels of punishment, one for the deed and one for the lie. Now get this, knowing there's a judgment, hear me today, your Father is watching you. Your Heavenly Father sees everything, even the secret things. And you will be rewarded and rewarded according to your works as a believer, whether good or bad. You'll be punished according to your works. If you are an unbeliever, there'll be levels of punishment. And one more thing. Every person at the judgment seat of Christ is a believer. Every person at the great white throne judgment is an unbeliever. But hear this. You get to choose which judgment you attend. You get to choose. I'm going to appear at the judgment seat of Christ. Or I'm going to appear at the great white throne judgment. I don't want to be at that one. No. Okay, you get to choose. So unlike some who say, God just kind of looks around at people, says, well, you're coming to heaven, and uh, you're going to hell. And nothing you do makes any difference. No, we get to choose. I'm getting to choose which judgment I will attend. I will attend the judgment seat of Christ. Here's the proof text. It's appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Wow. So what manner of man ought we to be? What person ought we to be? Knowing that our life is very brief and the world is spinning out of control and prophecies are being fulfilled everywhere you turn. How then should we live? Eternity's values in view. That's what's going to count. And everything else, out. I plead with you today. If I could beg you today, I would. And I do. 
Make sure you are right with Jesus. Stand to your feet, everybody. Eyes closed for just a couple of seconds, and I'll ask everyone to hold steady for just a few seconds out of reverence for the work of the Holy Spirit. Just hold steady.